Hello and welcome to episode 217 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. Join me as always is the Spontaneous League Freak. You can find me on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm going very good, Andrew. And you know why I'm spontaneous? Why are you spontaneous? Please enlighten me. Because I do things really unexpected, like tell you about Manscaped.com. That is unexpected. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No one expected that. Nah. Manscaped.com is your number one stop for all of your manscaping supplies, all of your equipment, everything to keep, let's face it, your junk looking its best. So go to manscaped.com, put in our exclusive code NRL, and you'll get 20% off and free shipping. And look, the Lawnmower 3.0, it's just, it's a revelation. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone's talking about like, the finish you get with it, it's quite incredible. So go there, check that out. The perfect package is a great present. If you're looking for something for Father's Day, if you know, you know, special man in your life is sporting a bush, you need him to get rid of it, go to manscaped.com, NRL, 20% off, free shipping, do it now. Sounds great. Mm. Beautifully done. Thank you. So literally about two minutes ago, mm-hmm. we started up the Skype call. And you said, yeah. what are we going to talk about? So I said, I don't know. I'm just keen. Okay, just press record. So here we are. Yeah. Like three minutes ago, I was playing Destiny 2. <laughs> <laughs> and I just happened to ruin everything. You, ru- I was having fun, man. And then you're like, oh, do you want to do a podcast? And I'm like, oh, I guess I better. Let's do work. Oh, g- got to go to work. <laughs> Put on the big boy pants. Exactly. Here we are. Let's so, adult. Let's adult. So here it is. Um, let's get the monkey out of the room, out of the way. Okay. There's been a gloriously absurd rumor about Anthony Seabold going around. We're not going to repeat what it is. Something mm. about him and UFOs. I don't know. Um, Seriously, that's the only thing they didn't say. Pretty um, much. So dumb. It's 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 got so many layers that mm. it's become absurd, just mm. how many layers there are to it. Mm-hmm. Um. So Anthony Seabold's decided that uh, he's not going to take this shit, so he's going to—he's brought out his lawyers. Yeah, and uh, you know, I—I I only saw it posted. I saw somebody had retweeted it, and I—I I, I sort of stumbled into it looking at someone's replies, and I was like, "Oh, that's it," because I've never—I haven't seen any of my followers post it, which is nice to know. Um, and yeah, it was—it was really shitty, all the stuff that was said about him in it, and. If they can track down whoever posted that, uh, man, they're fucked. Oh, yeah. Apparently it came from a WhatsApp group, so... Oh, really? See how they go with that, but, um, yeah, it's it's just not good. But anyway, yeah. aside, aside from that horse shit, um, apparently about 10 Broncos players went, were uh, at risk of being stood down because they may have breached some more um, Project Apollo COVID bubble protocol thingamies because I yeah. went to the pub. And and the Broncos have cleared the players because what happened was the restrictions in Queensland or the restrictions for Queensland teams apparently ended basically immediately after that Sharks game. And so they were, everyone knew that the Broncos were able to, to do what they did and go and have a drink at the pub. And so 
It was really weird, though, seeing the the way the news cycle started up because it was like, oh, there's a rumor about the Broncos. Oh, there's a bunch of them have been outside the bubble. And it just really, it was like every single step of what should have been one story was supposed breaking news. And the breaking news was there was no news. The Broncos were allowed to go and have a drink and they did nothing wrong and everything's fine. You'd think, you'd think... The media would have learned after they did all of this shit last off season over Latron Mitchell. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, it it, it it's was the, it's the same. It's the same garbage, like yeah, a bunch of mixed up rumors and half assed truths and no news whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. And then you had uh, and and we don't watch it anymore. But Paul Paul Crawley was on NRL three sixty. <laughs> Uh, lamenting the fact that there are so many snitches in the game. And it's like, dude, that's your entire fucking living. And he doubled down and wrote an article about it too. Yeah. They? Yeah. No one read the article, of course. But it's funny because it was, what, 12, 18 months ago, something like that. Um, he was bitching and moaning because a whole heap of fans had been constantly complaining to the Daily Telegraph about how all they did was focused on the negative stories and didn't do enough positive stories. Mm-hmm. And so he wrote a positive story, but the first paragraph and a half of that positive story was him bitching and moaning about how negative the, the media was. <laughs> it's so just now like, all of a sudden, yeah, he, he's opposed to the media being negative all the time and snitching on, on, you know, essentially doing his job. Yeah, I just, look, I, I agree with Paul Crawley. I mean, we need not so many snitches within the game because... You know, there are certain organisations that are peripheral to the game that like to get, like, you know, cameras and focus across from team uh, end-of-season team bonding sessions and functions mm-hmm. and stuff. And, I mean, who would want to be part of a shit organisation like that? Or, or engaging in that sort of behaviour. Yeah, that would be really gross. Yeah. So, yeah, there are snitches in the game. Most of them get paid. And they're by, called journalists. By the same person. Yeah. Or the same yeah. two people anyway. Um, so, yeah, that was that was laughable garbage. Can I also just say randomly and for no reason at all, if you've got a problem with alcohol, uh, go and see your doctor. They can probably help you and get you into some programs. Yes, yes. There'll be all sorts of good programs. Mm. Um, yeah. There's plenty of, plenty of options available. Exactly, exactly. Just unrelated. Yes. Um, what else was it? Apparently there was some argument between Paul Kent and James Hooper. Mm-hmm. This is just Fox Sports creating their own news. As opposed to what? Exactly. <laughs> um, and this is on NRL 360, apparently. I, I saw it in a headline early today. I thought I'd better raise this, mm-hmm. um, you know, topic without notice or without further reading. Mm-hmm. Apparently they were complaining about what Ivan Cleary said and um, you know, he was suggesting that the referees were you know, managing Canberra back into the game or some such mm. thing. Yeah. Look, I, when I heard what Ivan Cleary said, I mean it was just, you know, he wasn't happy with their second half obviously and I, when I heard it I thought, oh, he's probably going to cop a fine and he copped a fine and I, I didn't see one Panthers fan on Twitter defending what he said. 
Um, obviously, there were some idiots on Facebook that one of them wanted to start a, a GoFundMe page for, <laughs> you know, Ivan Clearance. Like, dude, do you know how much money this fucker gets paid? Um, yeah, but trust me, 20 grand, he's fine. Exactly. Like, yeah. he's, probably, he's probably getting that much in, in um, board each week from his, from his son. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I thought it was funny, though. But, yeah, it's it just seemed like I feel like he knew what he was saying. He knew he was going to cop a fine. Everyone knew it was going to happen. And it was weird hearing Peter Volanti say that that's the most terrible thing he's heard said about the referees because Peter Volanti's actually at the beginning of the year said they're pedantic and sacked one of them off the field, got rid of all of the touch judges and said that they were all being greedy. So, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah, God. Man, this this episode's just about hypocrisy, really, isn't it? It kind of is, yeah. Have we said anything that's hypocritical? Never. Nah. We stick to our guns. Exactly. And even if you find evidence of being hypocrites, we were just joking. It, it's a character that we play. Yeah, I think I think that covers it, doesn't it? Performance art. That, that's it. That's it. Yeah. We're entertainers now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Experts yeah. and entertainers. And influencers too. And influencers. Absolutely. Um, See, so yeah, apparently those three old, yeah, because Buzz was involved in there, and apparently those three old dicks were all having a bitch and moan. Can you um, imagine sitting anywhere talking to those people? Like, first of all, I feel like the room smells like stale beer and just an old like, pub. like an old nursing home where the everyone's pissed themselves. You know, <laughs> I just knew you were going to say that. Yeah, it's just what I feel like. It must, you know. And then you're like you've you've got concern for one of them. You're like, is this normal? You're sort of like, do I need to speak to someone about? Well, you know, you've obviously cut him off already. Yeah. I think one of them, Ben Icon, would be the barman. He'd definitely be the barman. And, like... He's dishing up the drinks. The boring as fuck barman. Let's yeah. Talk. Like, he's, he's, oh. The only personality he has is coming through the glasses he wears. Yeah, you know, when you, like, the sort of barman where you sit down and you're like, oh, just a quiet drink. And the barman goes, hey, buddy, what you hey. been up to today? Hey, go, mate. Why the long face? Yeah. Would you like pretty, me to tell you a joke? Pretty hot out there today, isn't it? You know, it's fucking 40 degrees here. No shit, dickhead. Seems like it happens every year about this time, actually. Yeah. yeah. How's that global warming? Mate, don't mm. get me started. Just give me a fucking beer and shut up. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And then there's that talk of Ben Icken being... Uh, it's, it's growing rumours that he's going to become the next Broncos CEO. Well, look, I put out a tweet and asked, what qualifications does he have apart from uh having kicked a footy and arguing with paul kent every week and a lot of people told me about boards he'd been on and companies he'd been involved in and stuff like that i just feel as though you want somebody that's been a ceo considering that he's going to be the ceo of a company that is listed on the stock exchange and that is has a turnover of 20 plus million bucks a year yeah you kind of want someone that's got some track record. Yeah. Yeah, I know I would. If it was my company, I would want the CEO to have a, a track record that I could look at that was of running a company. 
Yeah, and that that would be vital, I'd imagine. Mm. But apparently not. <laughs> apparently, I'm scumbag for even saying it. Well, yeah, and that, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, what would what would you know about, uh, you know, any sort of business operations? Just what I've seen on Law and Order. And that's how hey, I... Hang on. Holy shit. That makes you far more advanced than Ben Hawkins. <laughs> and Law and Order SVU, by the way, which is the best one, if you ask me. Well, this is right. So, um, given your experience now... Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, when you when you get the job, you personally, as Broncos CEO, what's the first thing you're going to do? Sack Seabold. Okay. What's the second thing you're going to do? Uh, sack Darius Boyd. Third thing you'll do? Uh, I'm going to sack Ben Teo. <laughs> this is going well. Yeah. Keep going. Keep going. What's next? Uh, I'm going to bring Milford in and say, where do you actually like playing football? You know, and just see what he says. I'm just interested, you know. Um, what else would I say? I'd bring in Payne Haas and I'd say, Payne, what do you reckon about Pangai Jr.? and Dave Fafida deciding to check out. And I'd, I'd want to know, does he like it? Does he think they're dickheads? I, I want to know what the players are thinking, basically. And then I would sign... Well, the players that matter, anyway. Yeah, the and that's basically him. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would look to sign a coach with track record. Jason Taylor? That, that would be Jeff Toovey. Oh, yes, yes. Yes, and uh wouldn't be Justin Holbrook. And... <laughs> Yeah, I'd say to Jeff Tuvey, you're a first-grade coach. I've hired you because I think you can do the job. Do the job. Yes. And how many of the uh, current West Tigers players would you be looking to sign? Help a brother out here. <laughs> well, I understand that uh, Mbai is available if a club mm. wants to take him on. Half price. Fortunately, I'm not a drug addict. <laughs> <laughs> so I won't be taking him on board. I would. Uh, Mate, it's half price. Uh, it's the price is too high still. Uh, Tigers do an online sale at the moment. I, look, I'm looking for I'm looking for players for my first grade team. Damn it. Okay. So <laughs> I, the player actually there is one um, Tigers player that I do rate, and that's Harry Grant. I'd try and get Harry Grant. <laughs> You gotta get him off Melbourne. That's the problem there. Yeah, he's, not, he's not officially a tiger, that one. Yeah, sadly. Yeah. Uh, no, you don't need to worry about him. By apparently the Titans are looking at him. No. Yeah. Oh. The rumor going around is that the Titans are looking at Moses and By. Can I ask you a question? Because I talked about this with uh, with Nadine earlier. Mm. Do you think it's a really good idea to give Justin Holbrook a contract extension after thirteen games in his under contract? No. I wouldn't be giving any coach a contract extension until they've got one year left mm-hmm. and they've done enough in their time there thus far to earn that extension. Now, playing devil's advocate here, mm-hmm. um, what about all the other clubs that want him? Who are? I don't know. This okay. is the arguments I was getting from people on Twitter when I said it was a dumb idea. Okay. Um, if... NRL clubs wanted Justin Holbrook, mm-hmm. then they could have tabled him an offer because coaches, just like players, can break contracts if they want to, if a better offer comes up. Um, see Ivan Cleary, Anthony Siebel, Wayne Bennett. Fuck, heaps of them. Yeah. Des Hasler. Yeah. 
but do you, um, so you don't think that the Cowboys, after 13 games and seeing that Justin Holbrook has taken the, the Titans up to 13th place on the ladder, the Cowboys aren't looking at him and saying, we need to headhunt this guy? No. Okay. I'm, Even despite all of his his massive success in Super no, League. Because I don't think the Titans are looking for that much experience. I th- <laughs> I think they're looking at Todd Payton. The, the Titans, do you mean the Cowboys? Sorry, the Cowboys, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Todd Payton's going to be their coach. Mm. And I, that means that Holbrook is far too experienced. Yeah, exactly. For the Cowboys want. Um, Can you imagine 13 games and you're like, well, I'm convinced. Let's give him a contract. Well, hang on, so- hang on, hang on. Remember, he did yeah. coach in England. Yeah, and that's... Do you know he turned St. Helens around? Remember how bad St. Helens used to be? Yeah, they used to always be runners-up in the grand final in yeah. the Challenge Cup. Yeah. And then he took them to actually win it occasionally. Yeah, and, I mean, who's ever done that before? Yeah, Roy Simmons did it. Yeah. Almost. Or did he win it? No, he won the Challenge Cup with them, didn't he? Uh, I'm trying to think. Man, that's a long time ago now. Royce is a fucking legend of a coach. Why doesn't he come back and be a head coach? I reckon. You know what? I think, feel like he's enjoying life too much, eh? He's probably still drinking. Yeah. Still getting around, get having a beer with everyone from 91. Royce-tastic. Mm. Remember when he used to be on Twitter? <laughs> that was hilarious. That was the best parody account that was on Twitter at the time. What do you mean parody account? It was him. Uh, There's a parody account. I got inside mail. I know who it was. Oh, really? Yeah. Who was it? Me. It was you? Yeah. No one, no one would believe it, but there you go. It was funny. A lot of people, yeah, Andrew, of course, it was you. What a lot of, a lot of people who for a long time thought it was Bryce Gibbs or Liam Fulton. Yeah, and those two never ever said that it wasn't them. Yes, because they loved it. Yep. But so they just let everyone think it was them, even though obviously they knew they knew it wasn't one of the players. And the Which... great thing was, I used to do the tweets when I was on my way to work early in the mornings down here on the train. Yeah. And it'd be like 5am or something like that. So it's kind of works in with when St. Helens were playing or just after they'd finished a game over there. So this is you revealing it. This is me revealing it, yeah. Okay, had yeah. Just on oh, 10,000 followers when it got shut down. And the last tweet was about how he was sitting on the toilet mm-hmm. and he'd run out of toilet paper. But thankfully, he had a copy of Benny Elias' book sitting next to him. <laughs> That now, was the last tweet. Yeah, <laughs> I it, like I know it was you as well. I think there's pro- how many people in the world know that you were the Roy Simmons account? About four. Okay, it, <laughs> it's it's fantastic. No one ever suspected it. No, well, I know when you told me, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it was. I mean, it was amazing. I had um such a huge following of that account in St Helens because I started up just. When he was an assistant coach at West Tigers about about three months before he got the gig over at Saints, mm. there was an article in the newspaper in St. Helens mm. talking about the Twitter account. Mm. actually went to Royce and asked him about it. Mm. Is this actually you? Like they, mm. couldn't, they couldn't tell. They went, I am not doing that good of a job. <laughs> but all they talked about was Pat Benatar, Mars Buzz, eating shitloads of meat, and his Pintara and watching the 91 Grand Final on a loop. That was pretty much the entire tweet circus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, witches hats. Always putting out witches hats. 
What's the witches' hats thing about? Oh, something he did at the West Tigers. Everyone used to joke about him putting witches' hats out at West Tigers. Okay. Um, he his mentor was Tim Sheens, talking game plans with with Tim. Um, they'd often do it with sauce bottles at the at the local cafe. <laughs> <laughs> Went to Sizzler a lot. Oh shit! Um, he used used to like having shandies. Oh really? Yeah, that was. I, a... I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Um, chunky Kit Kats. I remember that one as well. And I got people. There were there were actually people who went to games with um with signs mm-hmm. and had on there like Royce Tastic on there. That was one mm-hmm. of his hashtags. Mm-hmm. Another one was um Low Maskell, I think it was for the halves pairing. It was Lomax and Gaskell. <laughs> was that it? I think so. Yeah. So I made hashtag Low Maskell and talked about how great of a plan it was, and people were using that as a hashtag. And, and putting it on sides of the games. Man, it was it was fucking fantastic. I couldn't believe how, how brilliant it was. That's incredible. Yeah. And and we we've discussed this. We think what happened was he joined the Panthers uh in a backroom capacity and we think that the Panthers social media staff got in touch with the NRL and said, Okay, this account is not official. Can you get in touch with Twitter and Twitter shut it down? Possibly that, yeah. I, that, yeah. That's what I assume. Um, I know a lot of journalists over in the UK um, asked Royce about it and showed some of the tweets on there to him. Mm-hmm. And every single one of them apparently said that he found it funny mm-hmm. and he had no issue with it whatsoever. Because mm-hmm. I didn't, I never went on there. Like, I'd, I'd be mocking a persona of him, but I never, ever said anything bad about anyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, I never mentioned anything bad about his family. Yeah, and I kept it pretty, pretty tame, really. Yeah, it was all good-natured stuff. Yeah, he never swore. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> was, was always on his best behaviour. Um, I wonder was... if we, could, I wonder if we could talk to Roy Simmons and like just <laughs> talk to him and say, "This is the dude that was running your account." See what he says. He'd probably, he'd probably uh, hang up on us and tell me to fuck off or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, some of the players love it. Robbie Farrell loved it. Um, Bryce Gibbs. They used to always ask him questions on there all the time. Yeah. Um, the Mole. Yeah. He was a big fan of it. Yeah. Uh, a few of the journos in Sydney. Mm-hmm. A lot of people used to con- you know, regularly contact me and ask me if it was the real Roy Simmons or not. I'd always tell him, yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy because like <laughs> I, I had I, I knew I knew the account and when you told me, I was like, What? But getting to know you more since it, it's like oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes so much sense. And, and then we like we were laughing because I get asked I well I used to get asked all the time, like oh, what other accounts do you have? And it's like, I seriously just have the one account. I'm too fucking lazy for more than them. And we'd, we'd laugh because we'd say, like, no one would ever guess that you had this account. No, that's right. Was, that's what made it so good. And I never let on mm. at all to anyone. And the people who were always being, you know, it was, it was always Gibbsy and, um, and Liam Fulton. Mm-hmm. Um, they never, ever said it wasn't them. Mm-hmm. They never said it was. They just mm-hmm. never said it wasn't them. Mm-hmm. And it just made people think it was them the whole time. Um, and because it wasn't, they, that just made them love it even more. It's brilliant. 
<laughs> it's sad that the account went away because it was really, really good. It was, it was. But uh, yeah, the, the reason I was told it was shut down was because it needed to be clearly labelled that it was a parody account. Yeah. Um, and I tried to argue that it wasn't a parody. My real name was Roy Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking. That's. I was going to say, like, why didn't they say just say it's a parody account? But you're fucking arguing that you're Roy Simmons. <laughs> yeah, I doubled down. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it had just on 10,000 followers, which was up there with some of the most popular rugby league players at the time. Yeah, like at the time, 10,000 was... There wouldn't have been too many people in rugby league that no. had more than 10,000. For example, uh, Robbie Farr at the time had 11,000. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we're, we're talking quite a few years back, so I think Robbie would have been you know, playing Origin then and might have been around the time the Tigers were in the finals and stuff. So, you know, they weren't doing too bad. That's so brilliant. But there you go. Yeah. Wow, a revelation. A revelation. <laughs> uh, that's filled in 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I can't believe you actually revealed that, actually. I thought you were just going to just go along with me taking the piss. Oh, yeah, it's you, yeah. <laughs> nah, <laughs> why not? Well, no one would think it was you. It just doesn't seem like something you do. But, at, like, once you get to know you enough, it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> What's the thing, I think, too, at the time, my personal account was pretty dull and I'd only had, like, 400 followers, something like that, and I was just tweeting stats and mm. a bit of commentary stuff. I wasn't bitching about the media and all the shit I do now. I, I Like, I followed you from very early days. I, I've never thought that your account was dull. I always thought it was really interesting. Oh, it's only been the last two years I started getting people taking notice of it. Yeah, so I, think... I, was, I was just assumed that it was just like my personality. Yeah. It was non-existent. No, no. <laughs> I'll always come it, back to this. It's nothing like it's nothing like your non-existent personality. It's uh, <laughs> uh it's uh, no. It. I think that you, unless you've got some sort of like the thing about Rugby League Project, it's the biggest website in the world, but it's not like it. There is a. You know, it's not like you're generating hits towards your Twitter page. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I think that that probably made it more difficult for you to gather momentum with it. Yeah, possibly. I mean, let's be honest. When it comes to PR, I'm absolutely clueless. Yeah. yeah. Even with the Rugby Project, when I mean, we've got Facebook page and Twitter account, stuff like that, and there's very few updates come up on there. If I had any idea of what I was doing, I'd, I'd be doing a bit more on there. Even the patron thing, I don't update very much. Tell you um, what, you're not doing too bad considering you're not influencing now. Yeah, I should do something about that. Mm. Yeah, we need to start um, getting in touch with places and saying, look, we want free shit because we'll take some Instagram pictures of it while we're there. While we're there. Why not? Why yeah. not? Yeah. We, we could start with... Um, you could do the first one with the uh, the first free product that you've got. The first so, what? Yeah, you know, the free product that you received in the mail last week. Yeah, you know what? I did a video of it, ah. and it. Uh, I realised that I'd recorded it in um, 1080p and not 4K. And so when you look at it on a on like my computer screen, it's fine on my phone. When you look at it on the computer screen, the resolution just looks shit. So I'm going to have to do it again in 4K. I can do it 4K on my phone, easy. But, uh, 
Yeah. So do you have to do you have to put the camera at the other end of the room so that you can fit all of your gear into frame? <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> What's he laughing for? <laughs> oh, shit. Look, any time it comes to my junk, everyone laughs. I don't know what it is. It's really off-putting. But, um, yeah, it's... it's so uh, what's, what's off-putting is when someone calls it cute. Yes, adorable. <laughs> adorable. <laughs> or they go, oh, <laughs> Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> Out. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, there you go. Wow, this went south quick. Yeah, it did. Mm. Um, what else has been going on in the world of rugby league? Well, Tavita Pangai Jr. was sacked by the Broncos because that is true. Yeah, they're sick of his shit. He was fined thirty thousand bucks and stood down indefinitely. Now, I don't know if that's the NRL has decided to stand him down. Yeah, he stood down by the NRL indefinitely, which I think is a good move because. It looked like he was going to just go straight to another club and earn more money. And I think the NRL has sort of said, nah, we know what you tried to do getting out of there and we're not going to have you just walking into someone else's team. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting. And apparently Trent Robinson said that they wouldn't have him at the Roosters. So it's going to be interesting to see what club does pick him up. You know what I'm thinking already, don't you? No, Tigers won't take him. You reckon? No. But he's been discarded by another club. That's their go. Yeah, but we only have one of those players at the club at a time, and we've already got um, Packer at the club. Ah, okay. So we'll we'll ditch him, mm-hmm. but then by the, by the time we've done that, mm-hmm. Pangol will be at another club, and we'll miss out on that opportunity. We'll have to find some other criminal to, to lure to the club. Well, he's not a criminal. Jesus. He went and got well, a yeah, yeah, no, no, he didn't get a haircut. That was the problem. Well, that doesn't make him a criminal. Yeah, he got sacked for not having a haircut. He's a criminal, according to the NRL, because he had several um, biosecurity breaches. Yeah, what would have been... I was going to, as we know, mm-hmm. NRL rules and um, guidelines are law above the law. Yeah, definitely. And the weird thing is, too, like... This is a thing I always don't understand. Until you're proven guilty, uh, until you are proven guilty, in the NRL's eyes, you're guilty. Then if you actually get proven guilty, then you're free to play. Yeah, that's how it works. What? The, uh, yeah, and I just don't understand that. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's kind of like a down payment on a sentence. Yeah. So if like, you're a criminal, okay, let's put it in real, the real world, okay? Okay. You, you murder someone. Yeah. Okay. It's 20 years. Mm-hmm. If you choose to go to jail straight away, you start serving your sentence straight away. Mm-hmm. Then all you can do is just make the case go for like 20 years so that when they finally hand down the sentence, you'll be sentenced to 20 years ago. Well, I've already done 20 years. And, oh, well, you're free to go. Exactly. Um, if, people you know weird, if people think that's a bit weird of me saying that, mm. I suggest you look into the punishment that was handed down to the Cronulla Sharks after this SADA investigation. Yeah. Didn't yeah, they get they, two years or backdated by one they, year and nine months? They got... <laughs> I, I love the way they got suspended over the off-season. Yeah, yeah. That was brilliant. Was, I'm pretty sure it was 
a two-year suspension, but it was backdated one year, nine months, so they only had to spend three months out. Mm-hmm. And one month of that was football games, and the other two months was off-season. You know what else is ironic is that his, his career has been put on hold. He's been stood down indefinitely by the NRL for not getting a haircut when Jai Arrow clearly should get the same punishment for having that haircut. Fully agree. God damn, that haircut is filthy. Yeah, like it's a statement, and I think it's as much of a statement as not wearing a mask. It's a statement that says, I live on the Gold Coast. Yeah, it really does. And if I was not playing football, earning a lot of money here, you can be rest assured I'd have been on the TV and on in newspapers by now. Um, after having done a bit of a smash and grab at a 24-7 somewhere. <laughs> Jesus. It's, it, it, it is truly uh, an act of terror, I believe. It's a horrible thing. Mm, mm. It's a horrible thing, and there's too much of it going on in the game at the moment. Yeah, like at the risk of sounding like Fox Sports, I mean, some of the haircuts coming out of... Uh, out of out of lockdown have been terrible. I know that I let my hair grow out of lockdown. I I, just, I shaved it for the first time uh, about a week ago, so I look like a human being again. Yeah, mine. I let mine go for a while, and it's um my hair when it gets long just looks atrocious. Yeah. Um. So when I got a chance to go and get a get my hair cut, yeah, just bang, shave it all off, and I don't have to worry about it for several months. I never once thought to myself. Hmm. I should just shave the sides. Yeah. Okay. And, it, it's, and it's shaving the sides. You know, what the, you know what the haircut reminds me of? That stupid one was um, one of the baseball players in that Simpsons episode. It does me exactly as well. What was his name? I don't know. Was it Dan or something? God, that's going to annoy me. Let's see if we can find I was trying to find it. Simpsons... Baseball player. Shave those sideburns. And he says shave the and he's he shaves the sideburns. He's like he just he doesn't even know what uh he thinks sideburns are. Don Mattingly. That's, that's it. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's those haircuts at the moment. Chad Townsend's got an absolute horror one looking just like that. Um Can I make a confession? Yeah. Before I shaved my head completely i basically had the same haircut but the hair on top was a fucking mess and then you went yeah this looks stupid i'm going to finish it off now it really did but the thing was i knew it looked stupid and i thought i can do this because no one's going to see it and it makes me laugh and then it just at some point it goes from it makes you laugh to it makes you like think oh man you look bad and then at some point you start feeling sad about your appearance, and that's when I shave my head. <laughs> and you've only got an audience of you. Yeah, these, exactly. These people, these people in front of millions of people. Yeah, yeah. And they're fine with it. Yeah. Oh, man. What's the weirdest haircut you've ever had? Me? Yeah. I've only had two haircuts. Oh, really? That sounds so like a country person. Yeah, no haircut or three. Okay. <laughs> I have three. <laughs> I've had I've had many. I've I've had a sweet mullet when I was younger. I had a flat top, and around the sides, I had three lines put in it that went down the back of my head into a V. 
Actually, there was this weird trend that went on in my high school, and this shows you how sad my high school was, Mm -hmm. of boys trying to see if they could grow the longest fringe. Oh, really? And mine just was curly. Oh, really? Yeah, not not big curly, Mm -hmm. just sort of small, you know, like one loop curl, but that was about it, and it just meant everything (laughs) just fucking stayed in place. Um, It's like the kid off the little rascals. Yeah, and I, I tried... I remember trying a mullet when I was in primary school. Yeah. And it was basically because I went to look like Tim Brasher. Ah. And that didn't happen either. Yeah. Um, yeah, so my, my, um, that was pretty much my two experiments with hairstyles. Okay. So I, I got to, uh, very unimpressive. I was, I was, I think 18 and I was sick of just my hair getting in my face because my hair grows pretty quick. And it can it can be really long. I used to have hair down my back when I was a kid, um, and so I I got to eighteen and I was like, "Stuff it, I'm shaving it off." And it's the best thing I ever did. And it's funny because like you, you see people, they get to a point where they they start getting bald and stuff. And I've had family members that are male pattern baldness, and they're like, "Oh, you shouldn't shouldn't do that. Shave your hair like that, you know." And I've been like, "Whatever, grandma," but. Uh, but but no, I guess one day eventually I'll start losing it. Nah, I I I don't have any fear of that. There's no baldness in my family on either side, so yeah, I'm just going to be cursed with this luscious hair for the rest of my life. Damn it! You're going to be like a um, Des Hasler. Yeah, yeah, it's a hard life. Yeah, someone's got to do it, Andrew. It has. <laughs> Um, man, what a what a brilliant episode this is so far. I'm yeah, this loving is great. This. this is going everywhere. People are going to think that we uh, did acid or something before this episode. <laughs> now there has been some um, some other news, injury news. Mm-hmm. Matt Lodge has been ruled out of action for the rest of the year with a leg injury. Oh wow, that's really sad. Uh, I think it got caught in the door. Yeah. Um, don't know how it happened. To be honest, don't much care. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying I, I wish injury on him. I just don't want to see him playing in the NRL, that's all. Yep, I agree. Fuck Matt Lodge. Job done. Um, Shannon Boyd has been forced into retirement due to his injuries, and he's going to go and be a farmer. Yeah, that's a weird one. Like, he went up there for a lot of money, and yeah. it, just, it was like, it felt like he never actually played for them. He, he really didn't play many games at all. 14, um, 14 games he played for the Titans. And they were not impressive either. No. It was, it was a bit of a disappointing end to his career because when he was at his peak, because I think he did play for Australia, um, mm. pretty powerful ball runner. So a bit of a sad way for his career to end, but um, hell, frees up a bit more space in the Titans' salary cap. Maybe they're going to go after Pengai Jr., I feel like that'd be a bad move for them, hey? It would be. Maybe they're just saving that money up so they can buy and buy. <laughs> you, 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 you're trying. I'll no, give seriously, you that. seriously, it's in the news. <laughs> they're, they're genuinely looking at Moses and buy. Oh, man, they should run from Moses. He's like the most Gold Coast Titans player ever. Yeah. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ruin it. <laughs> uh, here we go. What else is there? Well, there's been a bit of an issue in Super League because 
a whole bunch of Hull FC players and coaching staff have tested positive to COVID. And six so, players, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. And so I, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what the Rugby Football League's going to do. Cause I like, gather what's happened is the Hull FC game for this week has been scrapped. Mm-hmm. None of the others have been. Um, I don't know. Who did they play on the weekend? So, I think it was, was it Salford? It might have been. Um, I I think they're still waiting to, to get test results back from their opponents from the weekend. Yeah, and like, I mean, you got to wonder, because there's obviously a, a period where, you know, you're not going to test positive even if you've just got it. So I guess they're going to have to test them again. But I think that yet once you expose someone, you have to go into 14-day lockdown. But they haven't got a bubble situation like we've got in New South Wales anyway for our players. So yeah. it's it's a weird one. And I don't they, – the good thing is that they don't – they won't lose a game off of TV because they don't show all the games on TV. Um I just don't know what Super League's going to do, especially if it spreads around more and they have more teams that have to basically not play. Um, yeah, if they find that plays at Salford have got it and they've got to scrap two games because of it, mm-hmm. um, it gets a bit hard to justify having the season continuing when you've got essentially three teams out of the comp then because don't forget Toronto's not playing for the rest of this year. Yeah, and the, um, the thing it's a bit is, of a mockery of a, of a comp now. Yeah, and w- like you and me said, we felt it was early to come back. And, you know, I mean, this has happened. You, and you know that the Rugby Football League wouldn't have had any contingency plans in place because they're absolutely useless, Rugby Football League and Super League. Well, they still so, don't have a contingency plan for when clubs fold and can't afford to pay their players' salaries. I mean, they've only had how many chances in the past where this has happened to actually do something, and they still have done nothing about it? Yeah, and it's crazy that, like, I I think this one has got a lot of media attention in Australia because there's been a lot of Australian players and Kiwi players that have been affected, but this literally happens every couple of years, and we've seen teams over there that they've folded midweek and played the following weekend, but it's a completely new company, and it just happens happens to have the same logo and colours and stuff like that. We've seen clubs that are folded and players don't get paid all the time, you know. It's and it just happens all the time. And the thing is, the the Rugby Football League and Super League should be covering the players' salaries like the NRL does, and they don't. And no one from the Rugby Football League has ever missed a paycheck. You know, they, they, it's so, I just find it disgusting. And I said to Nadine earlier today, I think the players need to consider strike action because it's the only way anything's going to happen. Yeah. I, the thing they don't understand the RFL and Super League is that if they could guarantee every player's wage, they would then attract players from everywhere. One of the reasons why a lot of Australian players are reluctant to go over to England, no matter what part of their career they're in, is because you run this risk of playing and not getting paid unless you go to Wigan, St. Helens, Leeds. Mm-hmm. And not then, every they're not going to go to those clubs every time. But I tell you what, you say that, and it does make sense. But once upon a time, people were saying the same thing about the Bradford Bulls. That's true. You know, true. and it's... But then again, uh, the, the system failed Bradford because of the stupid, stupid relegation system. The minute they had two bad seasons and it got relegated... 
they went bust. They got relegated again. They went bust again. It's amazing how just one or two bad seasons can take a a high-flying club and can turn turn it into a complete financial rabble. Yeah, and 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 that's it. It's just gone. And that how does that good for the game? And you know, I I saw when people were saying, well, they're getting rid of relegation for this year in Super League and it might be something that they go ahead with. And I saw English fans, some of them saying, oh, that'll be great. You'll be able to have teams that finish last every year and nothing happens to them. And it's like, that. it's so, it's frustrating to see it because it feels like over here in Australia, we've got sometimes the dummies get their hand on the wheel and they make stupid decisions. Um Hello, Peter Valenis. But <laughs> over there, it's like... Graham Annesley. Yeah, Graham Annesley. Is but then it, over there, it's like only the dummies get to make the decisions. And so every decision they make is just a poor one. Yes. Um, and I don't think they realise that this whole promotion relegation system does make it hard to lure big money from a TV rights deal. Mm-hmm. Like one thing that a broadcaster wants is a stable, um, a stable competition. Yep. Because then they know where all their markets are and how much they can, you know, I suppose spend on your product. Mm-hmm. But if one or two of your teams is going to change every year, and it's only a fourteen team comp, I mean that's that's quite a large percentage of your competition it just keeps chopping and changing every year, and it also means that the only the same three teams are going to be the ones that are always you know battling it out for the title. And it's devastating uh, commercially because, like, even you look at this year, every club that could go to a sponsor or potential sponsor and and then Super League going to sponsors and stuff like that and saying, you know what, this year we've got a team that's based in North America. And now straight away they're gone. It's like how much money does the game lose from that? How much damage is done to the game's reputation because I signed a sponsorship deal with this club or for the competition in general, expecting to get exposure into North America, and now the most exposure I can expect to get is in uh, in the south of France, and then the next southernmost team is what, like fucking Wakefield or something? You know, it, it's ridiculous, and I can't believe that the majority of people cannot see that. No, it's because it's all they know. Yeah. Um, they never bothered to look at how the NRL functions and sees that even without expansion, the NRLs had stability. This is one of the most stable periods the NRLs had in a long time. Mm-hmm. The last time we had a team cut from the competition was 2002 when the Northern Eagles dropped out. Yeah, yeah. And that was just really a, a logo and name change at the end of the day. Yeah, it's just, you know, it was just a husk for Manly to come back into. Yeah. And the, like the, the other thing is too, like you, you know, you add all of these problems that they've got on top of one another, and now they've got this COVID situation. Man, it, it, it's I really worry about English rugby league, and I know there's people that say, oh, we we need an English competition. I'd like there to be a really strong English competition, but we don't need it because we haven't had it for years. And and you look at like. I mean, you look at where the teams are now. They've added the Catalan Dragons, and they're the the biggest real addition that they've had since the really the early '80s. Every other time that they've tried to expand, it hasn't worked, and they haven't stuck with it. Yet, can you imagine if Australian Rugby League did the same thing? And like, you know, we had the Illawarra Steelers, 
and they were our expansion club. Well, this is right. Um, the UK model is just... I don't know why they can't find someone who's a bit more forward-thinking and wants to do something different. Why but do they it, manage to keep getting someone off the fucking photocopier? But every time they do, they get no support, they get ridiculed by people in the game, and they just eventually they throw their hands up and say, what am I doing here? I can do some other shit. And I, I get more than just copying shit from people in Northern England. Like, say say you ran, like, you look at everything that's happened at the, the Toronto Wolfpack. Say what you want about the owner, right? Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is that the Wolfpack were allowed to enter Super League because they received no central funding and they have to have this weird home and away schedule and they don't get any support when all of the, the furlough comes along and, and players are paid by the government grant, basically. They got no support at all. How do you how do you expect to get anybody to look at buying into expansion in rugby league when every time there's an expansion in Super League they get zero support and more often than not end up dying? Yeah, it's kind of like what they want though. In a weird way, they want expansion to fail so they can say, "See, told you this would never work." Yeah, and it's let's weird just because... go back to what we know. This plays into something. I, I talked about earlier today on Twitter and I knew it was too complicated to get into and it's probably a podcast all in its own. But there was a, a tweet I saw by somebody that had put together an article about classism in rugby league. And I said that if, if you think there's classism, and this is particularly in Australian rugby league, if you think there's classism in Australian rugby league, I think you're a tosser, right? Because I don't think there is. And if you look at the sorts of people that normally talk about classism in rugby league, there's they're a certain sort of personality. They're no, normally always journalists. And I think that it's either people that are insecure about what they've done or it's people that think they've done more than they actually have done and they're a douchebag. Um, and then I, I, I had people saying, well, what about in England, the classism in rugby league in England? And I thought to myself, is it classism or are what people feeling uh, is the rest of the nation looking at rugby league and actually seeing what it is in England, which is a sport that does not like outsiders and outsiders are anybody that is not in northern England and anybody that tries to make it in terms of buying a club they cop shit. You know, all of the towns are in northern, tiny, tiny little towns, you know. And to break into that, it's really difficult because everyone's against you. So is it, is it classism that rugby league suffers from? Or is it just a case of normal, regular, everyday people sort of just can't be bothered with the bullshit? I think, well, let's be honest, okay? the game in Australia was built on classism. That was that's pretty clear in my view because, um, you know, it was a battle between the the working class who couldn't afford to take time off, and the upper class who could play on weekends for free. Yeah, but like, and that's... so that that class that's where it was built from. The Labor Party attached itself to that, and they've been trying to keep that going 
every goddamn year ever since. The you are right. The classism in more in rugby league doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. If anything, it's probably gone completely opposite to where it used to be. The working class still hangs on to it though because it's ingrained in their culture. But, but like, there'd be a I lot don't... more upper class people watching rugby league now than ever before. Um, in the UK though, I think it's I don't think it's classism. I think it's ignorance. Yeah, look, and where's the ignorance then? They're basically themselves. Because, look, they know that they've got all of all of fucking Europe to work with to, to grow that game. Mm-hmm. And it would be no effort whatsoever. You know, if they had to set it up back in the 1960s or 70s, a team in Belgium, one in Spain, whatever, it would not take much effort for that team to travel to England for a game or vice versa. Yep. How close is it? Yeah. I feel like we're going from here to Perth. Yep. Piece of piss. They could have had a truly European club competition. Imagine that. And they went, nope, we're sticking with the teams we've got here. And we'll we'll introduce teams every now and then as a token gesture. But we guarantee you it won't work. And to prove it won't work, we'll give you no fucking support whatsoever. And when the shit hits fan, you die, stiff shit. But if uh, one of our northern clubs starts getting a bit of trouble, we'll send them some money. We'll prop them up. We'll buy the fucking ground, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. The it amount really of money is. that that game is spent on fucking oddsall, but they won't spend a single penny on Toronto. To it's me, that just shows insane. how stupid they are. It's it's absolutely insane. And and part of me thinks to – and I think to myself, like, I, I, I don't think it's classism. I think it's people – they see rugby league in England for what it is. And it's felt as classism by people. But what it really is, is people thinking to themselves, man, why I'm not dealing with this. This is silly. Like there's all of these hangups and all this bullshit. And the same person that will tell me that this is the greatest game in the world. I should watch it. Then turns around and, says that oh, I'm just a blow-in and, and I you know I don't deserve to have my club in Super League for no real reason at all. And, and I think that it's, you know, it, look, British the British sporting, wider British sporting public has spoken. You know, they're not embracing rugby league for a reason. And, you know, people can jump up and down about rugby union over in the UK. The fact is rugby union has teams all over the place in the UK. Um, they've got what equates to national competition uh, and rugby league does not. And it's not because rugby union's a better game. It's because rugby league has decided to sit on its ass for fucking 120 plus years and is just happy to do so. You know, it's not even like the, there's that golf anymore with the professionalism where that was a something to overcome. And then all of this stuff about, oh, you know, well, we can't even get into the grounds and stuff. That's all bullshit. It, it's just, I, I just think there's so many hang-ups and stuff. And unless it changes, rugby league in the UK is stuffed. Because if they're still in this position in 20 years from now, it's going to be at best semi-professional if it doesn't end up that in the next five years anyway. And at worst, it's going to be like a a fucking training game that rugby union uses. Well, this is, and this is why, I mean, we talk about the TV rights so much and they've got to make the game appealing to TV so that TV wants to show every super league game at the bare minimum live every week, mm-hmm. because 
once you start doing that, that's where the big money comes in. Yep. And once you get that big money, you can then pay, like the NRL does, give a big chunk of money to every single club, and that is to be used entirely to pay the players' wages. That's where your salary cap comes from. That means that the club themselves doesn't have to pay a single cent to prop up players' salaries. And that should stop a lot of clubs from becoming insolvent. Because they've just got to pay administration stuff. They're not worrying about the biggest expense, which is players' salaries. That would also mean that... um, Players are going to be more more interested in playing rugby league. There's probably a lot of players in in the UK who could probably play either soccer, or rugby union, or rugby league. And they look at rugby league and go, every year we hear about players not getting paid. I'll just go to rugby union or soccer instead, and you know I'm a fair chance of getting more money there or getting at least paid there. It may not happen all the time, but it's going to happen enough to whittle away at the, the you know the junior level of, of stock coming through. And it means that the UK comp then has to keep relying on English players, oh, sorry, Australian players, New Zealand players, Pacific Island players to come over and keep their game competitive and keep it rolling. It's just a horrible cycle, which just goes from one bad thing to another. Yeah, and it's it's not changing. And no, anytime somebody tries to come in and do something positive, they basically get ran out of the place. Yeah, they get yelled out. Yeah, and it's like... You know, how are you expected to get more games on TV and a national audience when you don't offer that national audience any content that's relevant to them? Like if you go, if you, the same people that will say, well, you know, if, if Castleford is not in Super League, I won't watch rugby league anymore. I'll be lost to the game. But they expect people in London and Birmingham and all these places (laughs) around the UK to watch Castleford even though they don't have teams of their own to follow. It's complete madness, and it's what has bogged English rugby league down for decades now, and it's why it's in this perilous position, absolutely perilous. Like, it's, it would not take much. We're sitting here talking about how a, a fucking, basically a flu, could spell super the end of a professional competition. They'd have to go to at least half their squads being semi-professional. Because of a fucking flu. That's where they're at. Yeah. It's craziness. It's ridiculous. They need to get a former NRL administrator in there, and I, I think David Smith would be the uh, the best person to get in there. He took so much shit from the Sydney media. Um, I think he could handle the media over there in the UK because it's nowhere near as vicious as it is over here. And there's not many of them. Like it's, No. There's like... Two dozen dudes that write about rugby league in the UK, you know, and I know half of them are fucking morons, but half of them are good people. And those other half that are good people that had good jobs and wrote good articles, a lot of them just got to a point where it's like, man, I can't make a living writing about this shit because it's just not relevant to the rest of the UK. And all of these people come into this sport and say, we've got to expand. We've got to look to further horizons. We've got to show people what this game is like, and they all get ran out of the joint. Yep. So Even the fucking English players don't want to play in England anymore. No, they're coming over here in droves now. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's infuriating. Because, as I said, like that is a strong English comp is the key to having a strong game throughout all of Europe. Yep. And that's huge. And at the moment, most of Europe is just fending for itself. 
some comps are doing pretty damn good considering the limited resources they have. And Super League could probably do well to have a look at some of those people and figure out, you know, maybe we should take some of their ideas. Well, you look at the Euro 13s comp, and I don't know much about it at all, but at least they've said to themselves, hey, let's try having a team in every com- in different countries and we're going to start small, but we're going to try and build something big and across Europe. And look, they might not make it happen. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know a huge amount about it, but at least they're giving it a go and they're aiming high. Yeah, kind of reminds me a bit of when France decided to put forward the idea for a World Cup. Mm-hmm. Crazy big idea. Everyone was opposed to it. They persisted with it until they got it, and now everyone wants. Everyone loves the fucking World Cup. Yep. Thank you, France. Thank you, thank you, France. I wish that Australian Rugby League did way more for French Rugby League, and I don't know how we could do it, but France needs to disconnect itself from English Rugby League. I think all Australia needs to do is just say, you know, let's let's have a talent scout take one French player and bring him over into our competition. They don't have to play in the NRL. They can mm. play in the New South Wales Cup. Mm. But if we brought over one test one test player from France and they went to every single lower-grade club, some might make it into the NRL sides, who knows? But imagine what that would do for those players and help them skills-wise, take them back to France, play test footy. And then imagine how long would it take before France starts beating England in test matches. And then England starts turning up as Great Britain so they can have a stronger team and then France starts beating them as well. Exactly, exactly. And and look, I I remember saying years ago, I think France will beat England before England beats Australia. I still stand by that. It's it's very possible. Mm. It's at the moment, with the way the competition is going at the moment, um, because France had fallen a long way back during the, the 70s and 80s, being involved in the Super League has allowed them to get, you know, catch up to where England's at. England's, at best, has plateaued for the last 25, 30 years. Mm. And that's Red. been kind. Remember that graph you made? Mm. I mean, that was shocking about the uh, British rugby in Was it just British rugby league team? Or no, it was, it was England and Great Britain compared to Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. And it was actually it was compared to Australia. And it was just horrible how yeah. you could see a certain point in time, like 1974, I think it was, the, the two sort of intertwined and then Australia just shot off and Great Britain just plummeted. Yeah, and it got to – when was it that – because it, it, it was a real steady decline for Great Britain and then it just fell off a cliff. What Was that in the early 2000s, I think it was? Let's see if I can find it. Um, it was somewhere around there. Did you put that up on Instagram? No, it is up on Twitter, though. Okay. I mix all the other freaking graphs and pictures and shows on there. <laughs> this could that's take why, a while. Hey, that's why you're the number one rugby league statistical analyst on how was Twitter. How was the one I put up yesterday, the uh, comparison between the 2020 Broncos and the 1999 Magpies? I was sh- When you brought that up, I was shocked. Because that, like, and we've talked about that Magpies team so many times on this podcast because they were so terrible. It's amazing how close those two sides are. Mm. And, I mean, we're talking close. At the same point in time, 
after 13 games. The Western Suburbs team had only considered nine points more than the current Broncos team. Nine. And it's hard to explain how bad that West team was. They were. I mean, they considered 900, almost 1,000 points in a season. No team's ever considered that many points in a year. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And look, I know I've said it a thousand times before. People see me here and saying it. Statistically, one of the worst teams of all time, that West team. And for the Broncos to be, like, tracking with them or close to them, that's it's just unbelievable. Oh, it's it's next level bad. I, I thought it was going to go pretty close. I didn't expect it to be as insanely close as it is. Mm. And, you know, if they, they've, they're without their coach for at least another week, um, they won't have Pangai Jr., so at the very least, their depth is way lower than it was. You know, Darius Boyd's in a half, and he left whatever leadership group they actually had. Matt Matt Lodge's off, you know, doing whatever the fuck he's doing. Like, good luck. Don't go to New York. Um, it, this season could actually just tank to new levels. And I, I was talking to Nadine earlier, and I was saying, everyone's a, a Bulldogs fan right now because... A lot of people want to see the Broncos get the spoon, and it might be the best thing for them to, because I still feel as though there's a feeling that, like, oh yeah, this is a bit of an aberration for the for the Broncos. This isn't real. Like what we're seeing isn't really the Broncos, and it's like, no, this is their reality. And until they accept it, it doesn't matter what they do because they don't realize how bad they are. That's right. Ah. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. I thought I'd fix it. Um, found the graph. It was 1994. Okay, yeah. It plummeted oh, hard from 94 to yeah. 2002. That's right. And it was a graph I did where it was England, Great Britain versus Australia and New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And so it was always constantly going up. It sort of flattened out a bit in the 60s when Australia and New Zealand were both a lot stronger. But Great Britain was still pretty strong. Um, it kept climbing up until about, yeah, mid-70s, 75, 76. Are we and, able to put that on the the Instagram? Yeah, absolutely. That would be cool, just because that way people can go to the Instagram account and check out the graph, because it's it's one of those ones that you look at it and it's undeniable. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's lots of graphs there. When I get around to it, I'll put them all up there on the Instagram page. Yeah? yeah there's a ton. I mean, that... that uh, Anthony Seabob versus um, Tommy Rodonicus one as well is pretty interesting. Oh, I didn't see that one. Oh, man. I did see that one. Yeah. You didn't see it? No, no. Right. It's starting to sound like, like one of our normal chats. Yeah, yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, show me this one. So this one was looking at... Um, oh, no. The careers of the two coaches at the moment, Seabold's um, career has dipped below Tommy Rodonicus, but we're not at the point yet where Tommy Rodonicus had those last two bad seasons. Yeah, when it really, I mean, it's nosedived, but... Yeah, that's about, let's see, that's that's about game 70. So he's only about three or four games away. But the way he's tracking at the moment, he's following the same line. Yeah, he's tracking at the same... Failure rate. Yeah. 
that's incredible. And to see how far away he got from him, and then it's just his nose dived underneath where Tommy's Tommy's career as a coach was. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh jeez. The crazy thing is, Seabold's win percentage is almost ten percent higher than Tommy Rodonicus's. Well, that's the weird thing. Like going by their defensive record, which is not much better than the West's teams uh, of the late nineties. Like they really that they're not in last place is kind of a minor miracle. Yeah, they've been saved purely by the drag, uh, the Bulldogs' inability to score points. Mm. That's it. Yep. Um, the Bulldogs come up against the Tigers this week. Very real chance of winning that game. Yeah, I, t- I actually tipped them. Uh, Nadine tipped the Tigers. I Like, I I just look at the both of the teams and with how bad the Tigers are playing right now, I, I just see I see some more class in the Bulldogs, which is weird. Foreign, DWZ, oh. if he plays well, you know, there's... And I'm not saying that the Bulldogs are a great team or anything, but you know they're going to try hard. I think that's it. Know. I don't. I don't see more class in the Bulldogs team. What I see is a lot more effort. Um, the Tigers are putting in the effort, but it's not 80 minutes of persistent effort, and that's the thing that's killing them. And when they concede one or two quick tries and they don't get one back, they just drop their shit. And it's something I used to see from the Tigers back in. 2006 to, you know, 2019. <laughs> you know, that whole period after they won their title, other than two briefies and they made the finals. Um, used to happen all the time. If they didn't score first or, they, or if they didn't keep up, they'd just drop their shit and let the game run away. Mm. And it's starting to happen again now. That performance against Newcastle on the weekend was utter dog shit. Yeah, that was, uh, that was one of those games where you, you go like, oh, wow, what's going on? Yeah, but we've been through that already. Yeah, yeah. Now, it's been a good chat so far. Heard any emails? Uh, I think we got one from PK. Nice. Loaded up. Because remember, he he did a long email. um, Again, it was a couple of episodes ago. Let me try and find it. And we keep saying we're going to do an episode where we answer them, and we never do. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here we go. It says... It's about Cronulla relocation. He says... Uh, Am I getting bashed again? <laughs> Hopefully. No, I, <laughs> I haven't read it. I haven't read it. Because I don't read them until it's time. It's game time, right? Okay. So, hey, guys. On the Cronulla relocation to Perth discussion, League Freak is right. It's about growth potential, and ultimately the growth potential in Perth for the Sharks clearly outweighs their Cronulla location, and then he gives a crowd... Uh... I'm going to put this to you, okay? Okay. Do you think a Perth team that is entirely Perth, mm-hmm. not a relocated team, just a brand new team from Perth, mm-hmm. do you think that would get more or less local support than a relocated team from Sydney? My honest, my honest answer mm-hmm. is I don't know. Yeah, and I think that is the reason why I can't say that relocation is a good idea. Okay. If it was obvious, blatantly obvious, that by moving a Sydney team to another part of the country Mm -hmm. would lead to more fans following the game, Mm -hmm. 
fine, let's do it. But I can't see how anyone can say with any certainty that that would actually help increase the number of fans watching the game, especially in that new market. Uh, I just think a lot of a lot of states, especially when you go into an entirely new state, mm-hmm. they're going to want a team of their own. You know, there was talk back in the early 90s of having Main relocate to Melbourne. Mm. And Melbourne were initially kind of keen on it because they wanted to have a rugby league team, have done for a while. But they're like, in the end, we kind of want someone who's Melbourne. And we yeah. can't have Main down here and we change them to the Melbourne Tigers. That name's already taken. Mm. Um. So they just kind of went, mm, thanks, but no thanks. We'd rather our own team. And it took them probably nearly a decade before they got their own team, but I think that's probably been a, a wise decision on their behalf. See, I, I know that the Perth Rugby League have said they will take a relocated team, they'll take a new team, they'll just take a team. They don't care. Yeah. They just want footy there um, or, or first-grade football there. Um, I think that with the, if you took a... You know, you're taking over a, a very um, a nice commercial, you know, the Sharks in Perth. I think that really works. So that would be a plus. Um, and and I my feeling on it is that if, you know, just if you say that Cronulla averages 10,000 a game at Cronulla, if Perth can give me 7,500 a game, for the Perth Sharks, I'm happy with that because then I'm I'm looking at you've got that base there already. Then I'm looking beyond for the next like twenty odd years or whatever, uh, because that for me is what you're aiming for. And I feel as though every year we delay that, like we're just pushing that date back for where's it going to be in twenty years time. You know, the storm have shown us you you can start off very 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 small. And you can end up with a, a, you know, the Storm have a league average that a lot of Sydney clubs would really, really love. Especially memberships-wise. Yeah, hell yeah. And so, and I feel as though that would happen in Perth, but maybe even quicker because they they do have a natural rugby league competition there. Um, so, And that's my feeling on it. And I know it would upset a lot of Cronulla Sharks fans and that, but I really do. I think the growth potential for the club in Perth would be astronomically higher than it is and has been for the Sharks based in Cronulla since 1967. Well, maybe we should start looking at another team to relocate. Let's be honest. Brisbane's struggling a bit at the moment. <laughs> yeah. How about the Perth Broncos? Perth Broncos. And then we can bring in a new Brisbane team yeah. that isn't coached by a moron and isn't playing like dog shit. Why don't we, we move the Broncos to Perth the Titans up to Brisbane, and then the Sharks to the Gold Coast. I hope Peter Volandis doesn't listen to this. <laughs> Fuck. What have we done? <laughs> oh, there you go. Relocation banana. Yeah. There we go. So what else has he got to say now that I've cut him off? Um, he's, okay, so the crowds, you know, okay. he, 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 he basically talks he, – he basically summarises what I've said in a way, I guess, um, yeah. that the the high end for what the crowd could be in Perth is much higher than what it could be in Cronulla. It says sponsorship and commercialisation, you know, 
Cronulla's always struggled in that area, whereas Perth is a big city. You know, on, an, that... on another topic, do you think Cronulla may have damaged the brand? Their well, that's a really good question. I think that I think that Cronulla has damaged their brand within rugby league. Yeah, well, sure. if they relocate to Perth, it's still rugby league. But I, th- that's true. I but... think you'd want to have a team going over there that's in. Yeah, hasn't got any commercial sagas and, and off-field dramas besieging them in the last decade. That's a really good point, and that would be a concern of mine. So maybe the Broncos are a good option before the uh, current dramas get too severe. Well, didn't we work out the only scandal-free team that really has been is the Penrith Panthers? Well, we had TikTok to ruin all that. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. Maybe Fuck. the cat. Cowboys? Yeah, the Cowboys. I'm, I can't think of anything that the Cowboys have done. Um, Do you count the Ben Barber stuff? They got rid of him really quick. They did. They really acted quickly on that one. Yeah. I find they, it did hard have, to... they did bring Robert oh, Louie out of reserve grade for women in league round. There was that's, that. That's a bad one. Yeah. They did also get rid of him. Yeah, that's true. Not after, not straight away, though. And they do have Francis Molo there. Oh, man. That's tough. That is. What about what about the Auckland Warriors? I guess so. I mean, they're, they're in everyone's good book at the moment because everyone's got sympathy for them. The, I'm wondering if Phil Gould definitely wouldn't move to Perth. <laughs> he's not even going to move to New Zealand. He's still going to move to Perth. Tell you what, he's uh, he's going to be on Skype every day though, and that's just as good as being there. Just yeah. ask. He's, he's shown his commitment. He changed his um his profile image on Twitter to the Warriors logo. Oh, nice. Well, he's committed. You know. He's committed to the cause. Yeah. Well, he you know considering he can't enter the country anytime soon, I I just don't, and he's not going to live there. I'm not, what the fuck did they get him for again? Uh, that's a very good question. Yeah. A very good question. He's going to do the job Nathan Brown can't do. Yeah. There was there was a story during the week that Nathan Brown said that Jack DeBellin would be a really good player at the Warriors. Mm. For those who don't know, Jack DeBellin's currently in the courts fighting a uh, rape charge. And it's been going on for almost two years now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, Phil Gould came out with a tweet today. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw this. No, I don't he follow said, him. He said, rugby league is a funny game. High-profile player breaks rules, puts himself, his teammates, his club, and the whole game at tremendous risk. Reports soon follow that player may well be cut from his club for his indiscretion. Fans' response, which club will he sign with next? And I think... The head coach of the club you're about to go to has just said he wants Jack DeBellin there. Mm. A little bit hypocritical. Yeah. Yeah, and, and look, it's... You know, if look, if, if you and me, right, just say we found out Pangai Jr. signed with either of our clubs tomorrow. Mm. And that can't happen because the NRL has indefinitely suspended him. We'd be excited, right? Well, I would be, yes. Yeah, I would be too. Like, that's just natural. But, yeah. 
you know, Pangai Jr. did go out for a haircut, and you can say that he wanted out of the Broncos. That's fine. Who doesn't? But, but, but that's the thing. That, that's his worst crime, is he yeah. just he wanted to leave, and he went and helped with the opening of a barbershop. He didn't even get a haircut. No. Um, Look, I, you know, it's funny, mm. because there's been a little bit of talk in the media here in Sydney about uh, what will Sonny Bill Williams do next year? And would he be open to playing for the Canterbury Bulldogs? And he said, and it was, I mean, it was so fucking beautiful. Sometimes he said that he's always had a, a place in his heart for the Bulldogs. Mm. Apparently it wasn't at Sydney Airport as he was getting on a plane to fucking no, was, France in the middle of the So night. Was, that, was that place in France? Yeah, yeah. It was in Toulon, you know. That was his place in, in his heart. But then, um, and, and I've always said this about Sony Bill Williams, it, as much as the, the Bulldogs have talked about it's unforgivable what he did and all that sort of stuff. If he goes to them and says, I would like to play for your club, they will drop to their knees for him. They, we Maybe we need to send manscaped.com to Sonny Bill Williams because he hopefully he's in match, he's in match ready, you know, because the Bulldogs officials and all of them, they will fucking fillate Sonny Bill Williams if he's going to turn back up at that club. None of these clubs have a backbone. No, I don't think, have spine. I think it happened been four years ago, definitely. What do you I mean? think I don't think I don't think many NRL clubs are gonna look at Sonny Bill Williams as an option anymore. I, I think, think the I think the hype is going to quickly pipe down mm. when they see his performances. And look, he'll probably play fair enough here, but he's not going to be playing the same role he did the last time he was at the Roosters. Yep. He's going to be a bit part player off the bench. He's going to be one of those impact players that does about half an hour and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and no club's going to buy that. Not for the money that he's going to command either. See, I didn't see him play, but from what you said, he's done. I, I think he was, but um, maybe maybe he just phoned it in because of how much money he was getting. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? I wonder if he's getting paid. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's got one of those sweet deals where he got paid up front. You know, with that amount of money that's been thrown at him, mm. doesn't matter who you are. If someone offers you that much more than has ever been put out before, you're going to say, yeah, you know what? I'm going to want this coin. And I'm going to want it now so that it, you keep your word. Yeah. Look, even if he got 10%, as a up front, that's 500 grand. Yeah. You know. Uh, it's insane deal. It, it's funny. It, it, just on the Justin Holbrook thing we were talking about earlier, I had people saying to me, oh, Justin Holbrook, he was able to lure, um, what's his name, the, the Broncos forward? What's his name again? David Fafita. Yeah, that's it. He's able to lure David Fafita. He can lure the big-time players. And I'm thinking to myself, if it, was it Justin Holbrook or was it the fact that they'll make David Fafita on a per-season basis the highest-paid forward that's ever played in the NRL? It's probably yeah. the latter. Money has a good way of convincing people to do things that most people would have thought they wouldn't do. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so, it's, it's crazy. I, I don't think he went... Because of Justin Holbrook. I reckon there's a part of David Vita that went because he didn't want to be at Brisbane anymore. 
yeah, that's what worries me about him because that core of good young players that was the best young core that it's, I mean, it's still the dream job. I think for a lot of coaches, it's breaking up. Yeah. If they're not careful, it'll be broken up before the end of the year. Yeah. And like you look, Payne Haas is, it was always, I think, the star. David Fafita was right behind him. But then the likes of a Pango Jr., I mean, he was like the added bonuses that made them so good and so young. And, oh, my God, in five years' time, what are these dudes going to be doing? Now it's like, you know, Payne Haas has got to be looking around saying, do I want this? Do I want to be carrying the, this team? I don't know. I, I just think that eventually all of them ask the question. Like, even the greats, they all look and they see, you know, the grass. Is it green or on the other side? They ask that question of themselves. And you don't want it to be happening when they're 20 years old. No, that's right. I'm just disappointed, actually, by the media for not calling them the big three. Yeah. You'd think they would have, hey? Yeah, I mean, they, they called a small three the big three. What small three? Well, actually, it was a big four, wasn't it? It's a big four, but it was only one really big one out of the four. Yeah. At the West Tigers. Oh, yeah. The big four. <laughs> the big four. And the biggest one is just a cuddly. <laughs> cuddly, like... Cheesemaker. Yeah. Where's the cheese? <laughs> have you seen that video of Pete Russell Pikes just swearing his nut off in all the outtakes? I have. It's fantastic. It's one of the greatest pieces of cinematography you'll ever see. You know, there's there's some people in Australian TV you hope never... Age. Peter Russell Clark's one of them. Agro is another one of them. Um, and that's it, really. Showing our age a bit there. Yeah, probably. Late 20s. Early Late 20s. 20s. <laughs> Fans of kitsch TV. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there we go. Well, on that fantastic note, this has been a very laid-back, very easy-going episode. Hope you've enjoyed it. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can contact us on Twitter and on Instagram at Fergo Freak Pod. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Facebook. Uh, we're on YouTube. Please subscribe to us over there and like all the videos. That would be brilliant. Um, and don't forget our good friends at Manscaped. Yes, go to manscaped.com. Put in the promo code NRL. That's for us. Like, that's exclusive for our listeners. Our gift that, to you. Yeah. Yeah, I know. This is the deal. We worked out for you a lot. 20% off of everything on the website, free shipping, and, yeah, you let them know that we sent you there, and that helps us with our relationship with Manscaped going forward. So, um, yeah, get onto it. Get get some Father's Day gifts there. There's a lot of good stuff there. Check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or Mother's Day's gifts. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Know what I mean? Yeah. Know what I mean? Yes, you can um, do that. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? And... On that fantastic note, actually, I'll add in two more things. Okay. Support support this bloke at uh, patreon.com slash leaguefreak. You should always look after independent creators. This bloke's doing a lot of stuff, not just on his website for himself, but for a lot of other people as well, other writers, other podcasts. Help the bloke out. That would be nice. And you know what I would love to see people do is help this bloke out. Go to patreon.com forward slash project and help support the digitization of rugby league history. We all love rugby league project. We all use it. 
and get behind it. Like, the more money you put into it, the more work Andrew can do on it, and the more work he does on it, the more of the stats we all get. Everyone wins. It's fantastic. It's like a vicious cycle, but a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's a viscous cycle. Possibly. I don't know what that word means, but Mm. I'm willing to run with it. Mm, Yeah. I'll let you Google that one. Okay. Okay. And on that fantastic note, um, thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll catch you next time.